You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys, and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome to another shift on the Geek's Watch. We are starting a new show this week, a show, a new show on HBO, The Outsider, starring Jason Bateman and Ben Mendelsohn. Directed a lot by Ben by Jason Bateman, so that's that's pretty interesting. They had two episodes. They they played the first two episodes, uh, as opposed to just the first episode. John, what did you? I guess we can get we can get to that when we talk about the episode. <laughs> that's a real but ray of sunshine. What's the <laughs> what's your first thought when you talk about that show? Um, I didn't really know what to expect i remember seeing the trailers for it every time we watched watchmen yep and i just remember that that scene from the trailer was just the uh i keep wanting to say patrick jason bateman getting arrested during a little league baseball game right that's the only thing i ever saw that's that's all and it's like he's being blamed for a murder of someone and that's all i knew i had no idea that this was stephen king or that there's might be some kind of supernatural or sci-fi element to it just murder mystery unravel the plot so yeah that's all i had going into it (laughs) elizabeth what was your initial thought or what's your initial afterthought it's um a lot darker than i initially anticipated (laughs) both Um, literally and figuratively (laughs) both literally and figuratively um, I hope there's a supernatural element because otherwise this is just a really depressing show. <laughs> um, yeah, it deals with a lot of very heavy uh, concepts and subject matter and questions. At this, uh, yeah, it's funny that you bring up that there better be some supernatural thing because I'm getting a very big uh, True Detective season one vibe off of it. Yeah. Which they really wanted to have a whole bunch of like supernatural, like they keep trying to throw supernatural stuff in there, but then it's also straight up detective of, you know, what mm-hmm. what's going on around here. And if you haven't seen first season of True Detective, was that like six years ago now? <laughs> uh, you know, it's it it was all occult stuff. So, yeah, Jessica, thoughts? It's, it's just heavy. <laughs> it's just heavy compared to everything else we've been watching. It's just so, it's such a dramatic shift. <laughs> Yes. Just, yeah. So yeah. it's it's no Watchmen. It's, no. it's definitely no Mandalorian. No, no, no. Mm-mm. Okay, that's fair. All right. Very, well, very muted. That's exactly what we're going to get into um, in a little bit. Let's talk about our week's watch first, though. So, John? I'm excited to report I watched the reenact, well, the reading of the leaked script of Colin Trevorrow's episode nine treatment. 
who okay wait wait what <laughs> happened so colin trevorrow was supposed to do star wars episode nine whatever they were going to c- c- title at that at that point duel of the fates apparently they were going to straight up steal the song from the episode phantom menace one. yeah okay Hi. Uh, i'm sure that was just the placeholder placeholder yeah, probably um colin trevorrow then made uh, a couple movies and kind of pissed off the people at Lucasfilm, so he had to walk away. Mm-hmm. And then came in J.J. Abrams after Ryan Johnson's divisive Last Jedi film. Mm-hmm. And now they're getting, like, they got actors to come in and read it? Or you just did, like, a person just did a dramatic reading yeah, of it? Yeah, a person just basically went through the whole thing and um, read, didn't do it line by line but gave you a lot of the the key moments and pieces of dialogue that he felt were relevant but the whole video that i saw was like an hour and a half long and how sure that you're this you are you that this is the actual leaked script i think it's been confirmed by a few sources now that it's um legit okay but it was uh continue from what it was I don't have the you know the the sources here to name right off the bat, but um, from all accounts, this sounds like it's legit. Um, this was a draft of the script uh, from during, I believe they were still filming or at the end of filming episode eight. Okay. Um, and of course, this was uh, I think it was that from the date that they showed. It was uh, shortly before Carrie Fisher's untimely passing. So the script itself features uh, Leia very heavily and mm-hmm. uh, Rose Tico also featured very prominently. It was a very interesting story. Um, I would say it's kind of somewhere in between Last Jedi and Force Awakens as far as like fan service, but also doing things that were unexpected. Um, the Emperor was in it. Some people were saying the Emperor was added after the fact uh, as sort of a Hail Mary to try to you know tie it to the original trilogy but mm-hmm. according to this leak script he was there but in a much more diminished capacity i think he was actually only there in like uh, recordings or holograms not physically but it was really interesting i really enjoyed this alternate version or this uh side b of what could have been um and just i guess for some people that you know were ultimately just like yeah well it was okay for rise of skywalker um I don't know if anybody wants to hear some of the spoilers of this thing, because it's not like it's official anymore, but um, it was apparently intended that Rey was going to be a Skywalker. And so they're saying that the way that they kind of merged some of the elements of the story uh, of this Colin Trevorrow script with the Rise of Skywalker is that ultimately Rey does end up being a Skywalker, but mm. not by blood. But originally she was. And... Um, she was going to be like okay. Luke's daughter. <sighs> but that would be by blood. No, as in they switched it to yeah. that she's symbolically a Skywalker. Oh, okay. Right. Where she was going to be. How she is at the end of the yes. movie. Yes. Yeah. And um, so going based off of the script that uh, Ryan Johnson wrote, which, you know, has Leia survive, but Luke dies. Uh, they said that they still would have had at least a year from the ending of the principal photography of Last Jedi to when they were going to start working on, uh, you know, episode nine, mm-hmm. that they could have made some changes and essentially written Leia out. Because, I mean, they had a perfect opportunity in there um, during Last Jedi to kill off Leia. 
And he said, basically, all you had to do is take out that one scene where Luke fades into the ether and he could have, you know, been shown as Sir Rudd. It's like, it would have been very minimal changes you could have done mm-hmm. to still make this script work. But they decided to stick with, you know, Luke is now dead and Leia is still around, but she's going to now die because she died for real. So we kind of have to work around it, which also really cut out Rose Tico's character a lot. And it didn't help that all of that fan backlash, you know, caused her to basically take a step back anyway. So, yeah, it was just really interesting, like, what could have been. The whole Kylo Ren arc was, I feel, more logical in this version. um, Where he still basically is evil uh, throughout the whole thing, Mm -hmm. but does feel the pull. And I think, ultimately, I think, like, Anakin's Force Ghost somehow teaches him, like, no, you you need to let go of the hate. I mean, seeing as how... Uh, he's since Force Awakens, he's sitting there being like, Oh, you know, grandfather, you're the person that I want, you know, I believe in, and stuff like that. And then we find out that Palpatine's the one that's actually been sending them the messages. You would think the Force Ghost of Darth Vader, Anakin, would be like, Hey, yeah, that's not me. (laughs) (laughs) Don't fall for it. But then again, who knows how the Force actually works? I mean, nobody. Yeah. Nobody no. does. It <laughs> no. keeps changing. It, right. it can be whatever you need it to be for convenience. That's right. So that was my watch. Okay, that's interesting. That's on YouTube. It's oh yeah. There's and there's tons of takes. There's people doing reviews of the thing too. So if you don't want to watch the whole thing, some people can condense it down to like just a few minutes. Hmm. Okay, uh, Elizabeth, what did you watch for your week's watch? So. Uh, Went and saw Doolittle on release uh, on Thursday. It obviously was very different than the original Doctor Doolittle mm-hmm. or the Doctor Doolittle that I remember. But um, wait, so which one are you? Are you talking about Eddie Murphy? Or are you talking about before that with James? Eddie Murphy. Mason. Mm. It's okay. Well, I actually I have it up because that's my week's watch is the original Doctor Doolittle. Okay. Um, Rex Harrison. Rex, Rex Harrison. Okay. No, I'm thinking Eddie Murphy. Um, and but I thought I just committed screwed. I thought Robert Downey Jr. did a really good job. I thought it was a fresh take on on the character, mm-hmm. on the storyline. I liked that they didn't just rehash the same storyline, trying to do it new. They actually did something a little different with the same characters. Well, they went further down in his timeline which i i appreciate when you're trying to reboot things you're not just doing the exact same story same story because then it forces me to compare um where this one was like i can appreciate both because they're different stories so it was very good i thought it was very cute and a fun watch um loved all the voice actors all of them okay I did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was it's it was an okay movie. I mean, I I don't know. I I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I didn't really feel one way or the other. Um, going back and like doing some research after the movie, after the fact, uh, a lot of I guess a lot of it was changed and reshoots and mm-hmm. stuff like that because it didn't test well the first time around. Hmm. Uh, it, I think it was just too apparent for me, like when I was watching the movie, because a lot of times when Robert Downey Jr. is w- w- like talking, 
like he's not facing the camera so you don't like it's you can see all the, or you can hear all the ADR like it's just so I don't know it was it really took me out of the movie uh, I didn't have the same issues so. that's fair. but that's not surprising okay so uh do little in theaters now. What I mean, other than the the, the new take on the story, what was uh, some of the things that you liked? Um, I liked the giving the animals more personality in this time around. I mean, they had personalities in the Eddie Murphy one, but not quite as developed. They didn't. I mean, mm. you talk about their ailments and why they're seeing the doctor. So that was kind of fun to see. And just the general storyline of sometimes the savior needs to be saved. Okay. Sounds good. So then, Jessica, you watched the Rex Harrison version of Dr. Doolittle. I did. I found it on, I want to say the Stars app is what I found it on. And I watched it because the new Doolittle is coming out. And like all I remember of the original one is... There's this ending scene of somebody living in a giant snail shell. Okay. <laughs> like, it's, it's just, like, the most vivid thing. Like, and nothing else of the rest of the movie that I know I'd seen before did I remember. Um, didn't realize it was a musical, apparently. There's a lot of singing in it. A lot of singing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, not a lot, a lot, but, like... I guess it came out in the 1960s, so I guess every movie was a musical for a while. But um, you no, know, it's really good. I I think the main difference with the old one, I mean, of course, they didn't really have the technology. Is the animals don't like talk talk like people. Mm-hmm. It's literally Doctor Doolittle learned how to moo and how to say good morning to a cow or like anything by like shaking his leg or something right so it's like you see dr doolittle making animal noises and then he just says what the animals are telling so him back interpreting kind of yeah and yeah there there's a musical element in it it seems like the downey jr like from what i'm seeing of the trailers might follow it more the see, original more because i know like they like Dr. Doodle travels in the old one to go find this snail thing. And so you haven't watched the new one? It, no, I have not. Okay. But it's on my list to do this holiday weekend. So. <laughs> but, um, well, but, having not seen the original, yes, it sounds like based on the movie that I just watched, <laughs> they are very similar. Yes, right. those, the, those two are very, the Eddie Murphy one is the offset. Yeah. One. It's set in modern times and all kinds of, different things yeah oh. uh okay where, where'd you say you saw that one on i want to say it was the stars app stars okay that i found it for well not quite for free because you have to have stars but like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um so then my week's watch was the ending to the cw crisis on infinite earths uh crossover event you know they were able to get all five shows that they have on there right now they're dc cw shows uh, ended in the way that I pretty much saw it was going to end. Like it, it follows the comic book pretty closely. Uh, not pretty closely. It follows the comic book <laughs> idea closely. Like as well as they follow comic books. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because they they don't have they don't have all the characters. You know, they don't have a Batman, and they can't really use a Batman. You know, they they aren't going to kill off the Flash and Supergirl like they did in the comic book. They're gonna. They ended up killing off Arrow. So 
Oh, how dare they? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. They gave him another job. So, um, which was Green Lantern's role originally? Which, was, but not in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, some, yeah, something else. Yeah. So, it, it. I think it pulls it off. I think it hit. It hit the landing. Uh, I wasn't upset. The very end, we get. We have a world where they all exist on the same Earth, so it's okay with me. Um, yeah. The, oh, so the big thing was that in the f- f- like first five minutes of the fourth episode of the crossover, we had Ezra Miller show up, the Flash from the DC movie universe. Ah. I don't feel like I'm spoiling it because every news yeah. uh, <laughs> outlet went, in, went ahead and spoiled it as soon as it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm sorry, but there you go. I, I'm pretty sure you've seen it if you've follow this podcast uh but yeah it was though i don't care for ezra miller's flash i did think it was kind of cool that he showed up like i get so i read a a thing where mark guggenheim who is the showrunner creator kind of guy for uh these shows especially for this crossover event uh he said that they already had they already had the episodes in and locked and you know, they were done. They were shot. They were locked. And uh, DC or Warner Brothers called and said, hey, um, can you get Ezra Miller in there? And he's like, yes. And he goes, but wait, aren't you guys already locked? Aren't you done shooting? Isn't that all over? And he's like, yeah. He goes, well, then how are you going to? I'll make it happen. It's like, I'm going <laughs> to do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> like make it happen. you've given me this option. I'm not going to turn it down. But the th- I thought the funny thing about that is like, well, then why did you offer it to him? Like, why are you surprised after he says yes? He like, called his bluff. Yeah, he basically <laughs> called his bluff. He's like, oh, well, we wanted to let them use it, but they said no. But no, no, yes, bring him here. So, But the scene is, is very much in front of a green screen. They could have filmed it in uh, you know, a day because it's not a lot of lines and it's, it's like a two minute scene max like but it's very short still longer than a lot of the other cameos from the crossover event oh, really yeah what was he, burt wards burt wards is him turning walking uh ace the the bat dog and then seeing the the sky turn red turns around and goes holy red skies and then that's it wow <laughs> yep it's it's literally it you had the uh, Robert Wool from the 1989 Batman, like he's sitting, he's really yep he's sitting wow. at a, he's sitting at a bench in the Earth 89, uh, and he says he he looks up to the sky he's like oh no like kind of thing and that's it wow it's it's not a lot of the cameos were nothing <laughs> the, yeah so him actually having dialogue with Barry where they're like my name's Barry and stuff like the only thing the pro- biggest problem I had with it was that. Uh, when Grant Gustin's Barry is like, well, I'm I'm the Flash. I'm also the Flash. Ezra Miller's uh, Barry is like, Flash. That that's your name, like, because I guess in the D- Marvel, the DC uh, movie universe, no one's called him Flash yet. He hasn't come no. up with the name, even yeah. though he has the logo. He has a costume and a logo, but he yeah. does not have a name. Yeah. <laughs> so that came, made me start to think because. We see him. The first time we see him is at the end of Batman v Superman, mm-hmm. where the logo is already created for him. So we we take it that Lex Luthor has created the logo for him to put on the thing. Uh, the next time we see him is in Justice, Justice League. League. Yeah. So then, no, is it Suicide Squad? Did Suicide Squad come out first or Justice? No, Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad came out so first. we saw him there, yeah. and he has the costume. 
I'm pretty. Uh, I don't I know. I do if not he, remember him in Suicide Squad. He, he just grabs Captain Boomerang, and that's it. He's like Captain Boomerang kills his partner after robbing the bank, and he catches him and then drops him off at the cops. Oh. It's like not even ten seconds. Yeah, it's not much. All right. Oh, I mean, to be fair, I think I forgot like half of that movie. So. <laughs> that's appropriate. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he doesn't have a name, but he runs around in the costume. Where did he get the costume from? Did he create it? Yeah, he says that he uh, he made his he, own costume. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, he know. says that he injustice league. To injustice league. Lightning bolt. I know that's what I was thinking. I was like, he has to have a name though, yeah, because he's... there's newspapers. Like somebody has to be calling him something. They could be calling them the red streak or the blur. The blur. Like they yeah. blur. Some of the the wizard. The wizard. <laughs> no, that's that's Marvel. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, he explains to Bruce Wayne that, like, oh, like, I, I use these uh, ceramic tiling pieces in order to reduce friction and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's really like a throwaway line, but that's the, the logic for why he has that. And then um, he makes a joke about, like, competitive uh, speed skating or something mm. like that. And it says, this is the kind of thing they use for the space shuttle. And it's like, it's very competitive. So <laughs> like, okay. So, yeah. Uh, the, the fact that he doesn't have a name in the in the DC Marvel or DC movie universe is But they haven't named Wonder Woman either. Nobody's ever addressed her as such. That's true. No. Yeah, no, yeah no, no one ever called Because they didn't call her in, in Dawn, Dawn, uh, Dawn of Justice or Batman v Superman. So... Are you sure no one said it in, in Justice League? Pretty sure nobody's mentioned it. Unless it's... No. I, no. I don't think anybody refers to her as the have, Wonder Sounds like woman. you guys have homework. No. Have they said I don't need to watch Aquaman? the movie again. <laughs> have they said Aquaman? They say... Yes. He says it in, in the movie Aquaman. Because the guy comes up to him in the okay. bar and goes, Aren't you that fish man? And he goes, It's... Or no. He says, Aren't you the... Aren't you Aqua Boy? And he goes, It's Aquaman. Kind of something like that. No, wasn't it Fish Boy? And then he says, No, Fish Man. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, well, then never mind. Okay. There you go. So the, <laughs> so the only ones that have a name right now are Superman, Superman, and Superman and Batman. Yeah. And Shazam. And Shazam. And Shazam. That's true. Can't forget Shazam. But does the papers call him Shazam? Because he can't really say the name Shazam. It's you know what? How do people know that that's his name? I don't know. Because he, he and the group of them shouted it at yeah, the carnival. But, but the but the point is that no one is really around him when they say when he says it. Because if they saw a kid turn into yeah. a big man, then they would kind of know. And they do have kind of a running joke that uh, Freddie Freeman keeps coming up with like different names, like he, Captain Sparkle Fingers. Or something. Right, right, yeah. yeah. They had Captain Thunder and yeah. Lightning Fingers and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> oh. So, I don't know if the newspapers call him Shazam or not. Maybe they just don't have good journalists in this DC universe. No, <laughs> Lois Lane has proved that. Oh. <laughs> So there's that. But that was my watch. It's uh, It was on the CW. I believe you can watch it on the CW app now. Uh, if you wait in... Was it, it's usually a week after, after the season's end. You can watch all the episodes on Netflix. They usually come up there. Okay. So with that being said, Let, let's get into let's the... Let's bring it down. Let's get into <laughs> the Outsider. If you needed to be depressed, this is the show for you. Yeah, disclaimer. <laughs> yes. Okay. So yes, a disclaimer before this. It, it deals with some pretty heavy subject matter and uh, stuff that is triggery. So, um, 
Yeah. Stephen King. Is there other examples of Stephen King stuff that isn't supernatural? Shawshank. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Shawshank. That's that's uh, the that's only one. The only one. Yeah. Um, he's done Green Mile has supernatural yeah, stuff. Yeah, that one's got the the coffee guy. The Majestic. Um. Ooh, the Majestic because doesn't he doesn't he look just like the other guy, but he's not the other guy. Jim Carrey doesn't he look like uh the guy that he's supposed to be playing, but he just has amnesia and he doesn't. He's not actually that guy. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Was it a twin thing? I don't remember. Uh, that was utterly forgettable for me. So, um, but yeah, he's written a few that are not straight up like I mean that they might still have horror elements, but are not supernatural. Is um, Cujo supernatural? No, that's mm. a rabid dog, literally just being yeah. in a really yeah. crappy situation. And that's him too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stephen King. So, also, yeah. Cujo. So yeah, there, there's a few out there. Okay. Well, this one doesn't. I mean, it might, but we don't know yet. Yeah, it doesn't. I'm, I'm getting some supernatural from it already. I think that's what they want you to think, though. I think the idea that it's Stephen King, like people are already looking for that, so they're throwing that out there. I don't know. I Red want Man. it to be supernatural. I know How you about do. that? <laughs> it really, uh, yeah. It really needs I have to be a need for it to be supernatural. <laughs> Let's. Uh, what do you think of the cast so far? So you have. Um, you have Jason Bateman as this Terry Maitland, who is accused of brutally killing and sexually assaulting, raping a child. Uh, video footage of him as the guy who did it, a guy that looks like him doing it. <laughs> Not the actual act. But all the stuff leading up to it and then afterwards. Witnesses seeing him all bloody, stuff like that. He also was also in another town really far away. 70, 70 miles. or 60 miles away. 60 to 70 miles away at the same time on video being there. What we are presented with is essentially equal weight evidence, both physical and circumstantial, that he did it. And that he literally could not have done it because he was 70 miles away at the time of the crime. Yeah. So that's what we're <laughs> yeah. presented with. But he is convicted in the court of public opinion immediately. Immediately. I mean, he, As it, the cop, the, the so the, op, the detective played by Ben Mendelsohn uh, is after seeing all the evidence for him doing it mm-hmm. before he sees the evidence that he couldn't have done it has decided he did it. So he goes and he arrests him in, in the most public way possible. The most public way possible because he's the coach of a Little League team. The whole town apparently is really into this Little League team and they're all there. And uh, Welcome to small town. Yeah. <laughs> right. And they, they take him away. The, the mother of the child sees him in the, in, in the prison, in the police station. In the police station, yeah. The police station in the... And, and the morgue in the same place? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So she sees him and says, hey, did you kill my son? She's going crazy over the fact because everybody knows he killed him because the cop, the detectives pretty much said so. Mm-hmm. She ends up dying from a heart attack from stress. Uh, I'd say overexertion. Well, overexertion, over yeah. yeah. Well, I think the stress the probably stress weakened the heart yeah. walls and then overexertion probably popped her heart um the wife of jason bateman's character i always forget her name but she was on law and order criminal intent she's in osage county 
whatever that movie was called, August Osage County. Oh, yeah. Uh, and a few, oh, she was in the the show with Michael Sheen about sex. Masters of Sex? Masters. Is it Masters of Sex? Yeah. Yeah, she was in that. She was a doctor that was studying uterus cancer, yeah. uterine cancer. Oh, right. Julianne Nicholson. Is that her name? Yeah. Thank you. Um, I know the the head of the or not the head, but the the GBI guy that they keep talking to. I I've seen him in other things. Um, Eunice is his name. Mm. But other than that, it's a lot of actors I don't I've never seen before. Not really noticed. Um, what did you guys think of the casting? Like I said, I said this during the, the show is that. Jason Bateman was the perfect guy they <laughs> to cast because oh, yeah. he does the nonchalant in the face of like terrible stuff so well. Uh, I mean, he plays this character of Terry Maitland when he's, you know, he's been arraigned or not arraigned, but uh, arrested and in jail awaiting court. And like people were ready to kill him. And he's just like, yeah, okay. This is my life now. This is where I'm at. Should be pointed out, he also directed these. He did direct the first these, two episodes. at least the first two. Yeah, we don't know about after that. Yeah. Well, and I think John said it the best in one of those scenes where the weight of the world appears to be on the detective's brow. Mm. Um, mm. So the facial expressions, and, and I do think the acting from the detective is is very good. It captures the surefiredness of I know exactly what happened. I am completely righteously enraged to oh god. Oh god. What have I done? <laughs> what happened? And, you know what's so funny is- and then the back and forth of no no I had to have been right the first time because if I wasn't right the first time like then all this stuff that's happened is my fault. Yeah. And not only that but that means that there's the killer still out there. Yeah. Oh yeah that's that that's pretty bad too. Uh I, I, one thing about Ben Mendelsohn is that uh, before, I'm, I'm sure he's been a working actor for a very long time. He's very good. But before Rogue One, I'd never heard of him before. Same. And then since then, he's had role after role after role. and He's like Christoph Waltz, kind of. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. But I think they, I remember Tarantino talking about finding Christoph Waltz in Europe. Like, I think he probably was bigger name over there yeah mm. uh, i'm saying like you know it just has that one role and now you're just constantly seeing him in yeah, yeah that's true um so at the end of the first episode is that when terry dies no second no second second it was during the second episode yep Okay. The start of it, though. Because the end of the first episode is when they talk the shady potential options for the fingerprints. Was it? That was the end in okay. the DA's kitchen. Okay. So at one point in the episode, uh, a second episode, uh, Terry uh, is on his way to the courthouse for his arraignment? Correct. Okay. Yep. And uh, a shooter comes out. No, that was at the end of the, the first episode because the, the beginning of the second episode is when you see... The kid. They they actually show the kid. No, the end of the first episode was the prisoners are telling Terry that when he comes back from court, they're gonna they're like, gonna kill, kill him. him. They're gonna and he's staring off into space for a yeah. while. And yeah. I was like waiting for his eyes to like wide out or something. <laughs> something supernatural. <laughs> <I was. laughs> so, anyways, it's it's the older brother of the kid that get, got that was killed, 
and also the son of the the older son of the lady who died from a heart attack. So three people of that family are now dead. And then at some point a uh the father decides he does not want to deal with this anymore, so he tries to kill himself. He goes to hang himself and it doesn't quite work out. He's only cut off his he's cut off oxygen to his brain for ten minutes and now he's in a coma in the hospital. Yeah. Obviously brain dead. Nothing's gonna be come back, but nothing can be done because no, he has no living kid. family. Yeah. Okay, anybody else can chime in at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead, John. Um I I pointed it out during the show, but I really, really like the sound design. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're already getting to technical stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> And the cinematography, albeit dark, I feel like it really captures the mood of the whole town. Everything's just dreary and depressing. There's so many muted colors. Like, I don't think we saw a single shade of, like, red or yellow or blue in here. Everything just looks gray and brown for the most part. And there's some very stark white, like, fluorescent lighting Mm -hmm. in some scenes. Um, But everything's so drab. And it just, yeah, it just feels like the whole town is just morose. So do you think that's going to play in any way at all? Like, is this a town stuck in time kind of thing or? Or is it just one of those like cinematography it's choices just cinematog- to, yeah. to match make the it story? Up. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just to capture the look of the place. But I mean, I kind of the very first thing I said when the show started was like, oh, this looks familiar. So you thought it looked like Seven? Because, uh, well, Seven and also just kind of the way that it frames the town. It oh, yeah, it looks like Castle Reminiscent Rock. to mm-hmm. Castle Rock, yeah. So I feel like there was kind of like the town is a character and the, the setting and everything here. But I don't feel that way. I don't know? feel like the town like is a character s- at all. It started that way and then it kind of went away. Yeah, and then by the second episode, like that's not really the case anymore. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but yeah, everything just looks so like, midwest kind of fall wintry like dreary and um so yeah the yeah the technical aspects i'm a really big fan of right now because we're only two episodes in and we don't really know if there's a supernatural element or not i'm just really confused and frustrated by the plot and um i mean i'm sure we'll come back to this many many times but we have a hooded character so there we go that's the last piece so to speak yeah. Or maybe just a huge misdirection. We don't know. Or we don't a huge know misdirection. What's going on here? So, I mean, we've literally saw video footage of him being in two places at the exact same time. So, mm-hmm. there has to be some type of something. Is, obviously, someone is framing the Terry Maitland mm-hmm. character. Or helping give him an alibi. Or helping him give an, get an alibi. Yeah. That's fine. That's fair. He actually wanted to do it, decided to get somebody to look like him to go with his family to uh, Ohio. Oh, no, that was oh, no, I'm no sorry. to go to the, to the go book to the, conference. The book conference, thank you. And, uh, and yeah, that's happening. We're also getting details that we don't know if they're going to pay off or not. We are getting a lot of details of how it is that he could have done it or how it is yeah. that someone is has chosen to mimic him. Mimic him it's yeah. very much a crime drama in the inverse. Okay. We got we got to the conclusion before we did any of the investigation portion. Right. Yeah. So now we're so, investigating. So now we're investigating to figure out if 
the conclusion, which conclusion, because we got That's two good. conclusions. Either Terry did it or Terry didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> and so we started with both those conclusions in a very mm-hmm. kind of time jumpy yes. formatting, which I think was meant to throw us off balance because you were getting the conclusion at the beginning. Yeah. And now, so now we're getting the fill-in piece. So, there is a hooded character. Every time they show his face, it's very much obstructed oh, or in the dark. But then you can mm-hmm. make out a very contorted-looking face for whatever reason. He looks like Darth Sidious. <laughs> he really it does. Looks, it looks like they used a pinch filter or something on his yeah. face. <laughs> so, with... With that, it's either a misdirect or this is the guy. Yeah. Somehow well, is able to change the way he looks. You also got, though, that um, Terry's youngest daughter keeps on talking about the man said he's like there's a she's seeing a man that nobody else can see. And mom keeps on throwing it off that it's nightmares. But right. Well, I mean, the kid yeah. is going through something pretty traumatic. At yeah. The moment, which, yeah, she is. Which Terry did die. We, we said I said that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Terry died. Uh, on his way to court, there's, I, the guy that's in the video that did the killing, who also looks like Terry, has a very unique, I think very unique walk and stance about him. It's different than Terry's. It's very inhuman. This is true. Like, it's very almost like, not quite zombie, but just, (laughs) it's a very horror movie Yes. <laughs> Just <laughs> it it did remind me of a short story that I can't remember the name of, but there was a character in it called Arnold Friend. And like I don't remember the specifics, but essentially he was described as being like a nineteen fifties greaser looking dude. But then if you take out the R's it spells out an old fiend and then you find out he's actually some kind of demon or satyr or something like that. And the way they describe his walk was kind of like what you're talking about, where he, he, yeah, he has like this weird kind of forward-leaning stance mm-hmm. yeah, a couple times, as if he was walking on cloven hooves. Mm. Like, mm. So, one thing that he made sure to do was keep looking into cameras, keep, you know, facing cameras. And of change into an ostentatious belt buckle. A huge oh, yeah. belt buckle. Well, I think that was more for us as the audience than it was for the detectives because of what happens at the end of the second episode when mm. we see the clothes in a barn. Yeah. It's so that we could, we, we could pick it out, but there shouldn't be any blood on those clothes. Correct. Cause those yeah. are the clothes he got at the strip club. Correct. But there was, but there is some type of blood when the kid finds it in the barn. What are you taking away from that? Is did he? If this guy's like a shape shifter, did he shift clo- uh, uh, shapes again? Maybe that, or he's killed yeah. somebody. Did he or kill he somebody, somebody else? else? Yeah. Okay, we didn't talk about this fact, but we talked about it when watching this. It was very unnerving. It mm-hmm. was very odd to have the mom when the police come to notify the mother of mm. the son's death. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't seem distraught at all by the fact that it is now after dark and her child's not home. Who's yeah. obviously somewhere under the age of eight. Well, or at least under the age of 10. Yeah. Okay. I'd probably put him somewhere between seven and 10. 
and she makes a, a crack joke about overdue library books. And that was probably the most weird, weird thing to me. Yeah. That, that was the thing that probably pulled me out the most because it just, it felt like it was almost put in there to really kind of show a dichotomy to what the horrible thing that is actually occurring. Mm -hmm. Like it was meant to like Mm -hmm. swing her from one end to the other, but it's so unrealistic because I can't imagine a mother with a child that young who wouldn't at least be somewhat concerned that that their son son wasn't home. And at least all day, because as we pointed out, the murder happened early in the morning or at least when it was daylight mid-afternoon mid-afternoon i think like two o'clock or something or well okay so it happened mid-afternoon yeah because that's when he was in the conference but okay i guess that's true because he had to drive to the conference in the morning yeah that morning and then they had lunch and then they did the afternoon panel which started at about two o'clock and then that's where but, but the guy with the dog who found the body it was after five when he found the body because he said usually everybody's left uh, there's nothing in the the van was parked. the van's yeah. the only parking thing there. lot and everybody's gone by five yeah so so it was like hours that this kid was away from home yeah so then that means that the killer was still there when the dog when so the guy with the this, dog found him this is part of the problem yeah. because the little girl eyewitness mm-hmm. says she saw him get in the van and leave Right. But that occurred before because she was walking home after school to her friend's house, which would have been about 3.30, 3 4 yeah. o'clock. But the van was back in the park at the time that the do- the the gentleman who found the body with the dog walked by. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we... Go ahead, Jen. Okay. So we actually have some... But that's part of the same issue that's often a problem in real life with eyewitness testimony. People never remember when, where, or how they saw things. It's just, yeah. it's, it's remarkably inaccurate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you have something, John? Uh, I was just going to try to point, or try to come up with a timeline, because when we see the van the first time, that's when the guy's walking his dog. Right. And we see that there's already a little bit of blood mm-hmm. on the outside of the van. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it didn't seem like there was any blood on it in the second the little girl with the little girl I, I, I thought the same thing okay yeah. but he was covered in blood he was he yes was. so i'm yeah. guessing that he got into the van right before the guy showed up with the dog after he saw the little girl and then when he when the when the guy with the dog took the dog out to the actual woods where they find the boy that's when the little girl the little no i think that's that's just when jason bateman's character drives off I know the little girl says that... She saw him. Saw, I, I know she said she saw him, but... She said she saw him drive off. That's that whole flashback where she watches him pull around. He's in the driver's seat. And then Gives her a creepy off. stare and then drives off. Yeah. Either way. Like, it's just, it wasn't chronological, so... <laughs> trying to put the pieces together. <laughs> but, well. There you go. Somewhere <laughs> around there. And then he goes, he goes to the strip club where he asks for new clothes... And uh, he asks for a men's room to change. He already has the new. Oh, okay. He asks for the men's room to change. Leave his van in the parking lot of the uh, or the back lot of the strip club, mm-hmm. and gets in a taxi cab to go to the Amtrak station. Which I feel like this is important to mention that strip club was called the Peach Crease. Is it important? Is yes. it? 
Thank just, you, John. Just, just painting the picture. Okay. I mean, this is Georgia, so. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. I, anything else? Uh, <laughs> Anywhere else anybody would like to go? At the, the detective's wife, I really thought she wasn't actually alive for a while. Just because, like, it, the only time we saw be, her was at their house. Yeah. Well, or later on, side. I think in the second, yeah, the in side. the second episode, though, she was in the hospital when the baby was born. When the baby was born, but just the she way she still doesn't talk to anybody, though. But she interacts with the baby. Yeah, she does interact and she's like well, she holding it. She, yeah. Does she hold uh, it? Yeah. I remember her smiling at it. Yeah, I remember her smiling it. at it. But she does hand. She hands the mom a teddy bear. There that you was go. the thing that like I was like ah, uh, but and she just, also it, searches for the big D. Yeah. yeah, but she also <laughs> but, drops off well, the Chinese. Well, that was my thing. Was like I thought she was like, like she, a the way she talks, like the way the writers are writing how she talks, it feels like it's his like consciousness. Like it's yeah. it's the way he solves things is by talking to his dead wife mm-hmm. and imagining her there. Like that's really what it felt like until that scene where she hands like and un- unless his what is it like illusion or. Delusion? Del- yeah, I guess delusion is so strong that he's a ima- like he actually did buy the teddy bear because that's what his wife right. would do. Mm-hmm. But it's just a it's possibility. A, it's in it, but it could be a writing fault because there is a few other. I mean, Stephen King he writes very <laughs> heavy-handed. Through bring into the fact that he yeah. he, he self admits that he's not good at endings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that going to be a problem here? Yes. <laughs> yeah. There's not going to be a satisfied ending for 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 you in any way. Probably not. Okay. Um, well, I mean, that's why some of his best adaptions are the ones that take liberties with the material. Like the original Shining? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which he absolutely hated. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it gave it a lot of publicity. Yeah, that's also true. Um, okay, so then let's just get into speculation. Since there is so much open here, that means it can go any, any direction you want. I've thrown out Shapeshifter. Anybody else have any ideas? Are we, does anybody want to go with the twin theory? Oh. Just kind of debuffed because they both have the same fingerprints, but I guess you can manipulate fingerprints. I'm going to go with clone. Clone? Okay. The whole dropping the line of, oh, he got a cut you know, from the male nurse at his dad's house when they were visiting in Ohio or whatever it was, mm-hmm. Dayton. I was like, this is too specific to just be throwaway, like, meaningless information well, that's what I, I was thinking shapeshifter because it, it got his blood like uses his blood and then he can change because I, I mean if we're gonna throw that in there yes a, uh growing a clone in a in a couple of days to full-grown man could well, definitely be a thing cl- too clone with time travel elements oh also time travel yes. okay well, that's, i don't that's what think you really with. need time travel elements because the cut occurred on march 6th and the murder didn't occur till may 30th yeah so it's a quick turnaround I mean, time for cloning. It's a quick turnaround, but it's more than a couple days, and it would only take you probably two days to drive from Dayton, Ohio, to Georgia. Perhaps Cherokee it, City, Georgia. No, <laughs> let's let's assume, just as a thought experiment, that there is no supernatural element to this whatsoever. Okay. How could we have the same person with the identical matching sets of? Fingerprints and two places at once. You don't it's fingerprints and DNA. Well, yeah. it's fingerprints and blood type and blood type. No, oh, no DNA at the end. The DA says that he oh. they got but, the t- test back and it was it was 
if, positive. If he if they got blood from the cut, uh-huh. they could plant, plant that blood, and the fingerprints could also be planted. And then it would simply be a matter of a silicone face mask for the cameras for somebody that's approximately the same height and build mm-hmm. to then walk around and do that. Um, I mean, that wouldn't be too difficult. And I mean, difficult, but wouldn't be completely out of the... So then the next question would be why specific, specifically target Terry to be the person that they want... Well, you could go with the theory of somebody wishing to just basically destroy the town. Because in a small town community, you take somebody who is seen as an exceptionally trusted mm-hmm. um, pillar of the community and you turn them into a monster. You've now broken that community's trust in each other, in themselves, in the community, in the world. I mean, you could easily... We can, we just watched it in the first two episodes destroy an entire family. Yeah. yeah. Two. It, two. And yeah. so it wouldn't be that difficult to then take down the rest of the town. I mean, if, if truly what you're looking for is just chaos. So this is a, I think this is kind of a recurring, I don't know if it's a recurring theme for Stephen King, but at least it's the same theme that's kind of in Needful Things, if anybody's seen that one. It's the city of Cast Rock, I believe, mm-hmm. where, you know, this devil-like character comes in and has a has a shop which he calls needful things but it's all a bunch of little odds and ends and just different like pieces of either art or collectibles or something like that and a person walks in and says oh you know this is something that i really liked or something i I liked as a kid he goes yeah well you can have it kind of thing and then after that they tend to go off and do something horrible like completely bad Mm -hmm. tears the whole city apart or a whole little town apart of castle rock so Castle Rock kind of does the same thing, the show, you know, the whole city or whole little town that's its own community just turns on itself, turns on itself. That's a that's a thing that could be. I mean, the the Ben Mendelsohn character here is a, a law, a lawman that's trying to do the right thing, thinks that he's doing the right thing for the most part. And it's, it, that's a, a recurring thing for Stephen King as well. Yeah. Now, did they mention how his uh, son died? Cancer. Cancer. His cancer. Yeah. Because it seemed for a while like, oh, like, is he doing like a John Walsh thing and he's trying to go after Terry particularly hard because of uh, maybe something that he relates to as far as violence against children? Well, he, I mean, it was obvious that because of what happened to the kid that that died in, in the beginning of the episode, that he was afraid that... Terry had also done something similar to his son before he died uh, of cancer. That's, right. that's what it was. Yeah, and we do get the the knowledge that he blames himself for his done son dying of cancer because he was a because he was too wrapped up in work. Mm, yeah, I'm it, gonna go with because he wasn't there because of probably. that last conversation he has with Terry, in which Terry basically shoves in his face that I taught your kid how to bunt and be a good baseball player. Yeah, where were you? Yeah, yeah. So do you get it at the end of this at the end of the second episode that uh, Ben Mendelsohn's character I don't know right oh Ralph Ralph actually or does believe that Terry didn't do it I think he's yeah. terrified that he didn't do it yeah okay I, I think it's what keeps him up at night I don't know that he necessarily believes that he didn't do it I don't think he can bring himself to that conclusion mm-hmm. yet but I think he's terrified of that possibility. 
I think the conversation with Glory, uh, mm-hmm. and then all, and then later on Maya, the her one of the daughters, about what happened in Dayton is yeah. probably the biggest piece for us as the audience, but no. nothing for does nothing for the detective in the story. Yeah, no. Because a cut on the hand is not something that's unusual enough to be like, hey, something happened there. Well, except he seems intrigued by it. Yeah, it, it seems weird that he's intrigued by he's, it, though, but he could just be searching for I think anything he, at yeah, all. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, it's not unusual, but I guess it is something that happened. Yeah. So anything. what can you extract happened. from there? I think what you said, Elizabeth, of, you know, he got cut, so then maybe someone did take some of his blood, and that's how they planted it mm-hmm. in the place. The, I think... Ralph really wants it to be somebody else's fault. Yeah. If he got yeah. it wrong, he wants it to have been because they, somebody else or something else was just pulling all the strings. Mm-hmm. It wasn't him failing. It wasn't him being blinded in rage. Mm-hmm. It was somebody else's fault. Did you, uh, Jessica, have any speculation or mm-hmm. anything that you want to just throw out there? I'm definitely hoping it's supernatural. <laughs> so many, so many flaws in the writing that it has to be fantasy because it's way too detached from reality right now. So, is anybody here a Stephen King fan, like novels wise? Uh, no, I can never read his stuff. I can't. It's, I, d- it's I tried. Too much. I, okay. I tried. I tried Carrie. I tried it. Oh, I tried. I did read Carrie. Yeah. Did you? Yes. It's too. He's too heavy-handed. He's too. He's too blunt, thick, yeah. too blunt. All of his characters are too smart, do too many good smart speeches, uh, kind of thing, and just so that's don't I mean talk like people. Oh, another thing we're forgetting is after his younger daughter had a nightmare, there was blood on the floor in the house. Yeah, well, it, it was some type of liquid. Yeah, some type. It, it was thick, gooey, and was black under the shine of the light. I'm gonna go with it. What well, you would wants think that, to be blood? You would think that. <laughs> The mom would be like, oh, there's blood on the floor, though. Maybe she can't see it. Okay. So it's like like Stephen King or like it, where only the kids saw the blood all over the the bathroom. I mean, Stephen King does do a lot of reoccurring things. That's true. That's very true. Haven't we seen something recently where like the kid was seeing a man or another person talking and that... It could be so many different things. That just rings familiar <laughs> for some reason. That uh, like, oh, there, there's a man at the window, and it it just happens. That's a success. He's talking all no, <laughs> it's much more recent than it's, that. But it is such a used trope. Now, yeah, <laughs> I did want to mention that I'm really bugged by one line said at the beginning of the first episode. Okay, the one where the little girl. I don't know if it's the one that has the nightmares, uh, but she's asking why the, the the softball teams pray before the game. And if they're both praying to God, like, how does God choose which one to, like, let win or whatever? And I'm like, this is telling us something very important about this story. And I don't know what it exactly it is yet, except other than the, the duality or juxtaposition of something here. But it's bugging me because I know that's going to be yeah. play important part. Well, in there, there is a lot of subtle references to religion in general because you also get the ash wednesday thing the day the kid dropped off the van is on ash wednesday and it's very specific like you could pick any other yeah like 
so that also to me adds a supernatural element. I just don't know Christian religious mythology <laughs> creatures that well. So okay, I I don't <laughs> I think there's just, very much else that we can pull out of this. No. I think, uh, like we said, it's going to get to that last episode before we're all kind of like, oh, <laughs> okay, which makes for a great week by week watch. <laughs> unless yeah. yeah, unless John goes ahead and reads stuff on Reddit and he's like, oh, here's some of the stuff that's being speculated no, there. I'm, I'm gonna I I. I think just watching the show is enough. This is not one I want to yeah. deep dive in. Yeah. No. It's not a... I mean, I wouldn't mind if you... You don't have to go read The Outsider, but just kind of research what, what that one's about. If it's the same thing, if they're taking liberties. Fine. I mean, <laughs> I, could you imagine if you got to the end of this and then it's actually like a backdoor uh, like series into The Stand? Or something like or, one of his bigger properties, or the Dark Tower, or, or the Dark, Dark Tower, or, yeah. I don't know. I I've never read the Stand or the Dark Tower. There is going to be a TV show of the Stand again. Another, yeah. So <laughs> I, I think Netflix just good. canceled the Dark Tower series they were going to do. Amazon did. Oh, Amazon did. Yeah, yeah. They did. They Netflix just, can- just canceled the Confederate. Uh, that was HBO. HBO. HBO, HBO, Confi- HBO. Con- uh, canceled Confederate before it even started doing anything because because, the, because Benioff and Weiss are doing their Netflix stuff. They got that big oh, deal from Netflix. That's right. Netflix canceled something recently. Wasn't it something like some certain Mindhunter. Cast? Yes. Mindhunter. They didn't cancel it. They indefinitely hold it, put it on hell, hold because everybody's off doing other stuff well, uh, especially mm. david fincher who is the director and creator of the oh, show yeah which this show had very strong fincher vibes yes especially the muted colors yeah yeah yeah, I mean, yeah you said it's like seven yes and a little bit of gone girl too i saw a little bit of zodiac in there yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah definitely gone girl now gone girl was fincher wasn't it yeah mm-hmm. and Netflix, and they had a lot of the same themes of uh you know trial by uh, public it? opinion public, public opinion, opinion yeah yeah i had a lot of that going on in this and the you know this is a clear cut you know which it's funny because that's what i brought up in like when we were talking because that that's the movie i thought about when i said there should be a, a scene where you're you're they're watching tv and nancy grace is on there convicting this guy oh, already that's yeah. right. and that yeah. happens in gone girl and that's exactly what i was thinking i was like mm-hmm. There needs to be a scene like that here somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Not the Long Island medium like I thought. <laughs> Not the Long Island medium, no. <laughs> no. It'd be funny if they brought in a medium, though, like some big TV medium to try and figure it out. I mean, that's usually a trope that happens in these kinds of things. So, like yeah. Somebody will come in and try to pull that whole, oh, I can talk to the people or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think that's where we can go ahead and cut that. Uh, if you want to, if you have some theories and we'd love to hear them, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia, G-E-M, G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. John, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Magic Bollocks. And if you're definitely feeling too good about your life right now, watch the show. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Elizabeth, where can people find you online? Uh, with the Geek Elite Media Network. Okay. Uh, Jessica? You can find me on Twitter at J.M. Bailey Writes. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website, geekelitemedia.com. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. This concludes our broadcast.
Peace.